Hello, everyone, and welcome to LA Theater Bites. I am Matthew Robinson, and today we're doing an interview with Matt Ritchie, who is a director, writer, actor, award-winning director and writer, I might add, uh, who is, uh, I've worked with a couple of times in The Fringe and with Matt The Gathering, which some of you know about. But today, we're going to be talking to him about his new production, Romeo and Juliet in Hell. Matt, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having it's good to talk to you too, man. It's, I know it's been a second, I, but you've been busy working on this show. I, I know, so it's oh, been uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so for those who don't know anything about you, can you give us a little introduction about yourself? Sure. Uh, I mean, the, the, the basics, you covered a lot of them. I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a director. I'm also a writer and an actor. I feel like every time I say that, I, I want to end with just like everybody else in this town. <laughs> I can be out at a Starbucks working on my most recent screenplay on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And no. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm doing a lot of uh, theater directing these days. Uh, that's really what I'm passionate about. Uh, I'm also doing some screenwriting. Um, and, uh, and I'm actually starting up a new thing right now called Story Crafting. Uh, and story crafting is a way for me to work with either other writers or actors or directors or even technicians uh, and finding a way to help really craft whatever story you're trying to tell. I worked for a little while with um, uh, Matt Quinn um, working on his uh, How to Direct a Fringe show, a kind of a workshop that we had a couple of, couple of weekends before Fringe, uh, and really helping people to understand kind of the specifics of how Fringe worked. Mm. Uh, I'm also, uh, I'm an educator, so I really love to go in and, and work with people uh, on either, you know, acting technique or directing or, uh, or storytelling. And so I want to really combine all of this into a way that if someone has a story to tell in whatever kind of medium mm. uh, I really want to be able to to work with people and uh, help them achieve that that's awesome I mean yeah because that's something that a lot of people uh, struggle with you, you know some people are like I have this idea I have this concept uh, I have some of the pieces here together but I don't know how to put them together into a story a, a beginning middle and end it's something yeah. that I see a lot of either writers who are starting off or people who are not writers but have an idea yeah. Like they used to know how they want to begin, or they know how they want to end, but they don't know how to put that all together in uh, one little uh, package. Yeah, exactly. And I, and, I, and I look at that kind of the same way that I, that I look at learning Shakespeare, which is kind of there's really no one way to do it, except that there's a handful of rules that really help you to kind of understand that once you understand those things, you can throw them away and say, okay, I am consciously not going to do X, Y, and Z, which is uh, a choice rather than kind of going into something, not really understanding where you are. And I always think that's really important. Strong choices are one of the most important things you can do in really anything, but especially uh, storytelling if you're trying to get out there to, uh, to an audience. I agree. I mean, that, especially when you're trying to cut above all the noise, you really need yeah. to have that. Speaking of which, cutting to the noise and strong, bold choices, Romeo and Juliet in Hell. I mean, yeah. that title alone evokes a lot of imagery. Uh, how did this project come onto your lap, so to speak? Well, um, honestly, it was, it was kind of a joke. Uh, when I was in, I think it was when I was in college or just after or something like that, um, I really wanted to 
write something. I had done just enough work to realize that if I was ever going to produce something by myself, again, this is, you know, early 20s, I'm like, I would have no money. I would have, <laughs> I want to do something that I'm interested in. I don't know if I can ever really do it, but let me, let me try to write something on a blank stage that doesn't have a ton of props. It doesn't have a ton of, you know, set. It would be relatively inexpensive to produce. So that was kind of the first thought. Uh, and then I just took the stuff that I was interested in, which is I, I, I love Shakespeare. Um, but at the same time, around that time, I, I absolutely hated Romeo and Juliet. And I was <laughs> I would love to see Romeo and Juliet in hell. But that's a cruel, awful thing. And it needed to, it needed to turn around a little bit, uh, which, it, which it has. Hell in this play is not the same way that, that, that people think of your kind of traditional, scary, uh, religious hell. It's right. a slight different thing. Not, fire and all, not all fire and brimstone in this play. No, it's actually musical theater. Oh, wow. Well, for some people, that is hell. But... Yeah, so <laughs> the idea is, um, so Romeo and Juliet wake up in their personal hell. Mm. Now, their personal hell is to have Tony from West Side Story sing Maria to them for eternity. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, and the only way they can be let out of this, as Tybalt and Mercutio, who are also in hell, show up, and they, they, they tell them, here's the thing about hell. Heaven and hell are ultimately fictional. So only fictional characters can go there. So if you survive whatever story you're in, you go up to heaven. If you die over the course of the story, you're in hell. It has nothing to do with being a bad person. It has, it's kind of like the difference between comedy and tragedy. If you die, you're in hell. Now, they're in their personal hell because uh, they, they have caused a lot of actual grief for countless high school students throughout the ages who mm. had to read their story. So in order to be let out of their personal hell, uh, they have to watch the sins of their lives flash before their eyes, oh, which means that all of Shakespeare's dead characters have to perform the play Romeo and Juliet. Oh, 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 oh. oh my gosh, that is that is really genius. That is super clever. <laughs> and clearly, thank you. And and clearly, uh, as this is a comedy. Uh, it all goes very, very awry because even though they're playing the characters in Romeo and Juliet, they're sticking by their own characteristics a lot. So Hamlet is still Hamlet. Lady M is still freaked out about the blood on her hands. Othello <laughs> is still jealous of Desdemona. Uh, you know, all all of those things are still happening. Oh my gosh, this is like every yeah. meta and, and every meta and Shakespeare's fans like greatest joy is to probably see the story unfold. <laughs> And that's and that's some of what this is as the as the play kind of evolved over time. You know, I was mentioning about musical theater hell. Uh, that's kind of what hell is. It's performance and musical theater and acting jokes. So for the audience, um, it's very especially if you know, especially if you know Shakespeare, but you don't really need to know it that much. These are kind of iconic characters that you're going to get the general idea of it. And if you don't know the backstory, it doesn't matter because the characters come across quickly. Right, um, there's a lot of like theater insider jokes. In this. <laughs> so if you're a theater maker or if you, you enjoy theater a lot, especially if you're an actor or a writer or a director involved in it, stuff's going to happen in here that you're just, you're going to lose your minds. It's very fun. 
gosh, man. All right, so I, I'm excited about that. So now, that's a really cool. Like the story is something I think that a lot of people can get into. What, like you said, whether they're big fans of Shakespeare, casting for this. Yeah. Uh, how did you pull this cast together? Because I'm sure that had to be pretty special. It, it was very, very cool. It was a very different thing than last time. This is the second time I've done the show. Huh. And uh, I did the first time I did the show was actually my very first show at Fringe. And uh, it went incredibly well. It was, it was with probably half of a cast that I knew already personally and or had worked with. Uh, and then it was kind of, you know, the, the general uh, you know, audition thing. This time around, I'm working with Force of Nature Productions, uh, a small company out of North Hollywood. Uh, and Sebastian Munoz is the uh, artistic director. And uh, we, we've been, you know, we've known one another kind of off and on for a little while, but we've really started to connect recently. And uh, he said, hey, look, we should totally do a thing together. And so we, uh, I sent him a couple of scripts, and this is the one that, that I think we both thought would be kind of easiest to do. And it was a mixture of, I didn't want to bring in anybody from the last production. Mm. You know, I didn't, I'm, I wasn't doing this to kind of relive things. Like I wanted to see where I was uh, in a, a different place the four weeks this year. I wanted to see how I do this without bringing in some of the people from the last show. Uh, so it was a very kind of, you know, throw everything on breakdown, bring people in. Sometimes you had to have people work with one another because you really want to see how the comedic timing works out. Um, and that's really what it was. You know, I put out the, you know, the Facebook invite as well. You know, you know how it is. You always try to get people that you, you might know to at least come in and, uh, and audition for you. Uh, but I think that the only, there are two people uh, in the show who I knew before this, uh, but that's it. Otherwise, it's a whole new cast of people, and they're all really talented and really funny. I know everybody's going to say that in an interview about the show. I know they're all <laughs> going to say that. But here's the deal. I've done this show already. I've read it and rewritten it a million times. I can recite it backward and forward. And they had me laughing hysterically the other day. So they're doing a great job. I highly recommend checking them out. No, I think that's a good point, too. It's like, you know, it, if you've seen it before, if you know, like, I know this part's funny. I know this part does well, and you bring in a cast. I mean, it's going to be different, but, I mean, that's the point. Theater, it's not like film, and that's one of the things I love about theater. You can get a whole new cast, or you can just get one new person in the cast, and everything can change. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes the the meaning almost sometimes changes, at least for certain people involved in, in the production. You can see totally different, you know, angles on on things, which is which is what's so great about it. And I think so. As you've been directing this, as someone who's written it, do you, as someone who's also directed a lot of theater, do you find it more gratifying or satisfying rather to direct your own work or other people's? Like, do you have a preference? Yeah, um, I, I really like doing my own stuff. Uh, and, and there's a very specific reason. It's not that I don't like doing other things. I love doing other things. And that, that's, of course, you know, how I started. You know, I've done a, a lot of other uh, original work as well as stuff that's been done before. And I just love telling stories and, and, and working with actors and bringing things to life. Um, but I found I was really worried for a very long time because people 
told me, of course, trying to be helpful. They're like, you know, nobody likes puns, and you've kind of got an out there sense of humor that relies on a lot of literary stuff and in-joke kind of thing. You might not want to do that. And so I was afraid for a long time to do really what I wanted to do. And finally, when I did this play uh, in 2014, uh, 14? Is that right? Yes, 14. Um, and it was very successful, and a lot of people laughed very, very hard. I went, oh, okay, I've been listening to people who I should not be listening to. <laughs> uh, because I, when, I'm, when I'm writing stuff, I have a very specific point of view. I can see things a certain way, and I like to tell stories in, I think, a very unique way, which is a partially obnoxious thing to say. But uh, I always talk about my directing style as Daffy Duck. Uh, there's a... There's a <laughs> The way, there's a way I really like doing comedy, which is very almost cartoonish. Like, it's very specific. You know, the moment that a person turns and breaks the fourth wall and turns back to another person, is it's a specific thing. Uh, there's a rhythm to things. There's a timing thing. Uh, and I can see and feel all of that in my work and whenever, whenever I'm writing. So I kind of want to make sure that I'm the one that's to bring that to the stage the first time. So, so in that way, that's what I what I prefer to do. But, but believe me, I got a list of stuff by other people that I have, <laughs> I have to work on. So, of course, well, you know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a collaborative process if that would be. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, um, with speaking of Fringe, because this is something you brought to the Fringe in 2014. This year, you had a very big year at Fringe. You had a show called Black Boxing, which yeah. won several awards, best song, best variety show. And I also believe you won, um, there was another award, why am I blanking now? I just had this written down and now I uh, forgot. But you won, you won three, you won three Fringe Awards. Yeah, and there were, there were, it, was, it was Cabaret Variety, which was fantastic. Right, uh, well deserved. Soft, for Smelly Like a Turkey, which by the way, has a music video coming your way very soon. Oh, I cannot wait for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I got um, uh, I got a Spirit of the Fringe Award That's from uh, the Team Illusion. That's uh, the one. Uh, I got a uh, uh, oh, what was the name of uh, completely blanking on it right from from, from we we played uh, pictures. Um, oh yes, I'm completely gonna... went out of my head, but it was lovely. Well, the spirit uh, ones, one yeah. I wrote down, is you actually won four. I uh, I undersold Black Boxing's award it status. Between, it was actually between six and eight. Oh, wow. Uh, some, well. some, of them were, some of them were presented on stage, and some of them were kind of like, you know, website awards and stuff that, you know, I got a, a plaque from one specific award that actually didn't um, award on the stage, but it was given to me later on. It, it, it was it was very, very nice. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very proud of that show. I'm glad everybody liked it. And more than awards, which are just lovely, and I love them, and this little statue guy is great. Um but I'm really glad people got it. That was the most important thing to me because that was that was a show about you know I was dealing with a lot of depression uh, and I, I hadn't acted I hadn't been on stage in years um, and so I don't know why I was the idiot who threw like I, I threw a <laughs> bunch of money at at Monica because I decided I wanted to do this idea of a guy 
fighting with his stage manager. And so I gave <laughs> Monica at the end of last year, and then, you know, January, February rolls around, and I don't even have a script. So, like, I, yeah, it was a little, it was a little nuts. So the fact that it came off as well as it did, and that people understood and connected with the material, um, that's, like, the, the most important part, that people really got it. Um, so everything else is a, is, a, is a really great bonus. When you see the music video, that's an unbelievable bonus. <laughs> But it still didn't have the best line in the entire fringe, and that was from oh. your show. <laughs> no, 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 see, now I'm gonna think I paid you to be on. This. Oh no, 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 no! I tell everybody that is that is probably the hardest that I laughed at fringe. I'm like, oh. I'm not gonna give it away in case anybody else. But that, oh my god, yeah, officially, like I wanted them to give away like a <laughs> single line at fringe award because I just I don't think I heard the next five minutes of your show. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. That means a lot coming from you, like a man who literally had me like almost falling out of my chair. When you were seen, smelling like a turkey. And then, of course, Jim comes out, who plays the stage manager. And is also the stage manager. Like, he's about to uh, kick your butt. (laughs) (laughs) So, where can people find out uh, more about Romeo and Juliet? And where is it playing? So, it's going to be playing at the Actors Workout Studio. Uh, That's down in North Hollywood. It's kind of where, you know, Lancashire and Vineland meet. Okay. It's on the Lancashire side. Uh, and again, it's, it's being produced by Force of Nature Productions. So to find out more and to grab tickets and stuff, you can go to Fon Prods, which is F-O-N-P-R-O-D-S dot ticks dot com. Uh, that's direct for tickets, or you can go to fonprods.com and uh, look up Romeo and Juliet in Hell if you want some specific information about what the show's about, and cast, and that kind of fun stuff. Oh yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm very excited to see this show. How long is it running until? Uh, it's going to run four weekends. Uh, Saturdays, uh, excuse me, Fridays and Saturdays. It's November first, the twenty third. Got it. Uh, yeah, they're, they're uh, twenty bucks a piece, and uh, well, well worth it. The show itself runs approximately sixty five minutes, no intermission. Uh, it's just, it is a straight hit of comic adrenaline. It's, it's really an awful lot of fun. I mean, you're in the perfect place. I love that area. And then, like, when you get out, you yeah. just go to Idle Hour, you know, it's more of a half a burger. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, twice as fun if you go to Idle Hour before you come into oh. the show and then go back. Because there's a Tiki bar on the other side, actually. Is it, is it Tiki No? I think That's right. Tiki No. Yeah, right by Le Pete uh, Chateau. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so a little insider, a little uh, inside baseball information in there for you guys. Uh, get a little, get a little sauce before the show. <laughs> very, very useful. Yours can buy sauce at the show as well. Oh, so just throwing that out as a possibility. It's already my one of my favorite things to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, thanks so much for coming on again, and also a uh, story crafting. Yes, yeah. like you know, any one thing you want to tell people about that, uh, really quickly before we uh, wrap up here. Well, you can go to my website at mattritchie.net. That's M-A-T-T-R-I-T-C-H-E-Y.net. Uh, and check out story crafting. It's it's a very basic idea. Right now, it the information on there may seem a little nebulous, but that is because it is tailored directly to you. Um, there's a, a, a bunch of kind of specific stuff that we're going to be able to talk about, like when when we get into our first meeting of story crafting, um, but it's really all going to be tailored to what it is that you are looking to do, setting some goals uh, and, and figuring out the best ways to achieve that in a relatively short period. And it's, uh, it's an awful lot of fun, and uh, I'd love to hear from you.
Fantastic. All right, so there you go, mattrichie.net and Romeo and Juliet in hell. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Playing November 1st to November 23rd. Uh, Matt, I really, 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 really appreciate you coming on the show here today. Like, this is awesome. It's always great talking to you. Thank you so much. I'm glad I finally got a chance to, to talk to you again. I feel like it's been so long since we were gathered. So, uh, uh, <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening. Remember, if you want to support us and help us support the arts and interviews and reviews that we put on this podcast, please go to patreon.com backslash LA Theater Bites. Until next time, I'm Matthew Robinson. Thank you so much for listening.